everyone, and welcome to another glorious, phenomenal, beautiful, wonderful, glorious episode of More Content Talk. That's the only show that cuts through all the glam, the glitz, and all the bullshit to bring you the truthiest news that we can find. Uh, as promised in prior episodes, I will continue to uh, discuss the topic of propaganda. Um, you'll see me discuss it all over Twitter. You'll see me discuss it everywhere. Um, the reasons for this are because we are inundated with propaganda on a daily basis. Um, this propaganda can be conservative in nature. Um, it can be leftist in nature for conservative purposes. It can be uh, propaganda that is disguised as leftist propaganda in order to discredit the left and to make them look radical and irrational and to cause leftist movements to disintegrate and quite frankly I am shocked to time and time again see these very well educated people on the left deceived by these movements um, or so called movements that are simply propaganda tactics to divide the left into factions that will fight each other essentially until the left is impotent and if things continue the way they do the way they're currently going um, you will see something very similar to what happened um, after the Obama administration, um, except it will be far worse. And um, so it, it, it becomes increasingly more important to not only understand that propaganda exists, but to understand that it takes on many forms and that anyone can be fooled by propaganda. It doesn't matter how bright or intelligent or you know, wonderful person you are. In fact, the recognition that you are bright, the recognition that you're intelligent, already sets you up to be fooled and deceived. Shakespeare once said, only a fool knows that he's wise, and a wise man knows that he is a fool. If you dissect that statement, it is a simple truism, and that is that you are only smart when you realize that you don't know everything. And furthermore, that you can't know everything. And furthermore, that you absolutely will not ever know everything. Now, why does not knowing make you smart? Because you can't. So you've already admitted the truth. And because you've admitted the ultimate truth, which is that you can't know everything, and you're comfortable with the fact that you can't know everything, but you still strive to know truth, so you're always open to the truth no matter what at that point. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whose feelings it hurts anymore. Now, 
you may think that that's where we stop, right? No, wrong. Even though we are truth seekers, we still have to recognize the scare tactics and the uh, war techniques of the right. So in order to understand this, we must have an extensive understanding of propaganda and the way it works. And that propaganda includes social, economic, and political elements, all working in a synergistic fashion to control the minds of individuals and to force them into group behaviors, which are in fact irrational. And as we all know, when a person is irrational, they cannot have a debate with a person. And hence, the, the entire goal of the propagandist is already accomplished instantly. If debate is silenced, if people cannot have honest discussions and come to simple truths, then the entire system fails and goes into chaos, which is exactly what the propagandist wants. Remember that Nazi Germany did not become Nazi Germany because of votes. It was in fact the Nazi party and Adolf Hitler, along with his band of raving maniacs, who staged a coup and overthrew the democratically elected government of Germany. It is most advantageous for a political party, that being the Republican Party in America, that has lost its popularity and its status as a major influence on society to completely destroy the fabric of that society and rebuild anew. Am I saying that there is a massive conspiracy to do this? Absolutely not. There doesn't have to be. Animals recognize when they are in danger and they react. Conscious thought is a myth. You cannot prove that you think consciously. Most of your decisions are made far before they even come into your mind. Neurology tells us this. Research it you'll find that I'm right. Chemicals in the brain combined with bacteria in the gut create a system that reacts to stimuli. These things are not completely beyond your control. For example, you can alter the chemicals in your brain However, the decision to alter the chemicals in your brain may in fact not be conscious at all. Your brain may be taking care of itself. That may be reality. We don't know 100% for sure, but what we do know is that the whole concept of conscious thought has never been proven. 
it is much more reasonable to conclude that the human mind thinks completely irrationally unless the human being makes a decision to recognize that he, she, or they is more than likely incorrect and must take extra caution to ensure that they are right. This decision to ensure correctness is frowned upon in the United States of America. It is seen as weak, impotent, and inefficient. Timeliness is emphasized in America, not knowledge. This quick-paced lifestyle leads to frequent mistakes and misunderstandings in complex conversations and social issues that require much more thought and emotional intelligence than a simple one-hour debate on CNN with Anderson Cooper. Indeed, debates used to be hours long. Many were day-long events going into the night with the attendees well-read on the issues of the time, able to quote the same quotations from the same books that the intellects quoted. Debate was not seen as a horrible, divisive thing. It was, in fact, part of the nature of American society and democracy. It was the Franklin, or excuse me, the Lincoln-Douglas debates that eventually led to the abolition of slavery. Not because Abraham Lincoln was a charismatic speaker. In fact, Lincoln was very blunt. He was no Barack Obama. However, he presented factual information that one could not deny, which united the left behind a common cause to defeat the conservative movement to keep slavery. Indeed, Lincoln won the battle of hearts and minds, not the battle on the field. It is much more important to win the hearts and minds of the public when you wish to initiate political policy. If you do not have the public, you have nothing. Remember that the South was winning the war. They were, in fact, in many ways more organized and they had more will and perhaps even higher morale that meant nothing in the end because lincoln had the moral high ground at least in the eyes of the populace now of course the south continued to pretend to have moral high ground but that's very difficult to do when you're beating someone over the head compared to when you're rescuing a slave. This show of compassion is what won the Civil War, not brute force. That said, let us look at the psychological effects of propaganda and how it changes societies. I will be reading tonight from the book by Jacques Ellul, Propaganda. 
is the title. Jacques Ellul was a French philosopher who wrote prolific, prolifically in the 20th century, uh, mostly in the 1960s and 70s. A simple reading from the back of Ellul's book tells you the kind of brilliance and political savvy he had to have had to have written this beautiful work of literature. This is a quote by Robert R. Kirsch from the Los Angeles Times. A far more frightening work than any of the nightmare novels of George Orwell. With the logic, which is the great instrument of French thought, Alul explores and attempts to prove the thesis that propaganda, whether it ends, are demonstrably good or bad, is not only destructive to democracy, it is perhaps the most serious threat to humanity operating in the modern world. Another quote about the book Propaganda by Jacques Lull, this one by Marshall McCullen from Book Week. The theme of propaganda is quite simply that when our new technology economy passes any culture or society, the result is propaganda. Lull has made many splendid contributions in this book. And now I give you one of the greatest minds that has ever been. Jacques Alouf. Let us begin by examining what psychological effects propaganda operations have on the individual. Aside from the effects that the propagandist seeks to obtain directly, a person's vote, for example, his psychological manipulations evoke certain forces in the unconscious and traumatize the individual in various ways. A person subjected to propaganda does not remain intact or undamaged. Not only will his opinions and attitudes be modified, but also his impulses and his mental and emotional structures. Propaganda's effect is more than external. It produces profound changes. So already we see an insidious goal here with propaganda. The goal, of course, is trauma. What happens when you traumatize a person? They're irrational. They can't think. You ever heard of Stockholm Syndrome? These women who get beat, and you know, men too, it doesn't matter, the sex. These people who get beat, and you know, their friends will, will scream at them. What's wrong with you? Why won't you leave this guy? What's wrong, what's wrong with you? They don't get it, right? They haven't been traumatized. You don't understand why the, the, the prisoners don't escape the um, concentration camp. Sitting here, drinking coffee, you know, uh, running down to Starbucks as you please, really. Right? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. I would, I would never. I would, I would grab the gun. I would have shot someone. No, you wouldn't have. You would have done exactly what everyone else did, and you would have gotten shot. Propaganda. Trauma. You don't have to beat someone up to traumatize them. You can do it with emotion. This is what these people are suffering from. Let's continue. One must also distinguish between different effects produced by different media. 
Each has its own effects on attitudes or opinions, whether the propagandist purposely provokes them or not. You hear that? Purposely provokes them or not. It doesn't matter. There are still effects that are independent of the wishes of the politician and the propagandist, even. These societal effects can continue for years. They're not brief events that just pass over because they become unpopular. They don't go away. They seethe underneath and build up and build up until what happens? Riots. And what do you see in the United States right now? Riot after riot after riot because you've been inundated for years with propaganda, not just Trump. It's, it's come from all over the place. It's everywhere. It, it is your life. And it has effects. Let's continue. When a man goes to the movies, he receives certain impressions. And his inner life is modified independently of all propaganda. Such psychological effects or changes of opinions specific to each of the communications media join those specifically produced by propaganda operations. To analyze where one ends and the other begins is very difficult. If one looks at a propaganda campaign conducted by radio, it is almost impossible to divide its effects into those produced by the campaign and those produced by radio broadcasts in general. Many monographs have been written on the basic effects, independent of propaganda, of the press, radio, and TV, but the effects are also present when those media are used for propaganda. The propagandists cannot separate the general and specific effects. That's very important for you to understand. Because, listen, everyone's like, okay, let's sue this guy because he did this specific thing. Wrong. You're not going to win. You can't win that way because they didn't plan it that way. They can't. They don't know what's going to happen. All they're trying to do is disrupt the system that exists. That is not as difficult as being smart and all this nonsense. You don't have to be smart to do this. You just play with people's emotions. That's all. When he launches a radio campaign, he knows that the effects of his campaign and the effects of radio broadcasts in general will be combined. And as each medium has specific and partial effects, the propagandists will be tempted to combine them because they complement one another. Thus, the propagandist orchestrates. It's an improv thing. You don't know where it's going to go. You just lead people, like the Pied Piper. Just keep leading them. You know you're going to the cliff, you, but you don't know how you're going to get there. The Pied Piper, they don't know. I know, where, I know I'm going to lead them off a cliff, but I don't know how. Oh, I have a flute. <laughs> That's, you make it up as you go along, folks. The, the, <laughs> You're going to have a real difficult time proving that propagandists plan to scam people because they write their scripts as they go. You give them an emotion, boom, they run with it. 
you're angry about something, boom, they take it and run with it. Everything they talk about is trending. Everything they talk about is already popular. They do the same thing that you do on YouTube when you're doing your little how-to videos. It's not that hard. They're just playing with emotions that you're already giving them. You're upset about something, you're going to hear about it on Alex Jones. You're going to hear about it on Ben Shapiro. You're going to hear about it on Joe Rogan. You starting to see how it works? To study the psychological effects of propaganda, one would therefore have to study the effects of each of the communications media separately, and then the effects of their com combination with the specific propaganda techniques. We cannot do this here, but the reader should at all times keep in mind this complementary character of propaganda. Under the influence of propaganda, certain latent drives that are vague, unclear, and often without any particular objective suddenly become powerful, direct, and precise. It's taking things that have been inside you your whole life, pulling them out, and then making you dance, basically. So let's say your whole life, you never really, you never really got the whole equality thing. It just didn't make sense to you. And maybe you're not a bad person. Maybe you just say, well, I don't understand. And your teacher didn't take the time to, to teach it and said, well, you should and just moved on. It's possible. Or you just didn't pay attention, which is much more possible. But I'll give it to you. Let's say you had a bad teacher. Then what happens? That becomes crystallized in your mind. Not the, not the idea that you had a bad teacher, but the idea that equality is kind of silly. And people who talk about it kind of sound silly to you, right? And they're just using a bunch of stupid words that you don't understand anyway. And after a while, eh, who gives a fuck? Hit them with the club. You can do that with propaganda. I've seen it. Decent people, you know, the people that... I would always see this thing, uh, Matt Dillahante, who is, a, you know, I, I like Matt Dillahante. I watch the Atheist Experience all the time. And he would always uh, say this thing. he say, well, most people are decent people. And I said, you know what, Matt? That's right. But they're not decent people when they're irritated. And do you know what? Everyone gets irritated. And even further than that, you can make people really irritated if you know what you're doing with propaganda. That's when people become dangerous, when they're irritated. Propaganda furnishes objectives, organizes the traits of an individual's personality into a system, and freezes them into a mold. For example, prejudices that exist about any event become greatly reinforced and hardened by propaganda. The individual is told that he is right in harboring them. It's starting to sound like YouTube to you a little bit. Starting to sound maybe a little bit like some of the shit you hear on Twitter, some of the shit you hear on Quora, some of the shit you hear on all over the social media, everywhere, everywhere. Telling you, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay to hate people, it's fine. You know, it's normal. 
It's all right if you're chauvinist. Hey, so what? Relish it. Be proud. Yeah, men go in their own way. Yeah, no fap. Yeah, be proud to be, be a man. You're being played like a fiddle and you don't even realize it. You're so weak. If you believe that shit. They're playing you like a fiddle. There's a book called Propaganda that someone wrote and they're reading out of it and they're playing you like a fiddle. Let me continue. The individual is told that he is right in harboring them. He discovers reasons and justifications for a prejudice when it is clearly shared by many and proclaimed openly. Moreover, the stronger the conflicts in a society, the stronger the prejudices. And propaganda that intensifies conflicts simultaneously intensifies prejudices in this very fashion. So you become more prejudiced when you have propaganda, not less. <laughs> There's these people out there, they think, oh, I watched, a, I watched a video on YouTube and I know everything and I'm much more accepting of people. Look. No, no. You're more biased now. You're even more biased than you were when you went in. Once propaganda begins to utilize and direct an individual's hatreds, hatreds, we all hate things. Even, even you people who say you love everyone, there's something you hate. I know it. Maybe you hate people like me who tell you that you hate and remind you. Maybe you hate me. Huh? I don't know what, I don't know what you hate, but you hate something. Lollipop, something. Sugar, whatever. Sugar and spice, everything nice, whatever. He no longer has any chance to retreat, to reduce his animosities, or to seek reconciliations with his opponents. Remember I told you it's about disrupting debate. It's about disrupting debate. You cannot come to an agreement if you hate a person. You cannot come to an agreement with someone you hate. It's impossible. Moreover, he now has a supply of ready-made judgments where he had only some vague notions before the propaganda set in, and those judgments permit him to face any situation. He will never again have reason to change judgments that he will thereafter consider the one and only truth. Hallelujah. In this fashion, propaganda standardizes current ideas, hardens prevailing stereotypes, and furnishes thought patterns in all areas. All areas, not just some folks. All areas. So in terms of sexuality, in terms of... Uh, uh, what clothes you get to wear, what things you get to say online. There's, there's a reason I'm the way I am. I have documented proof. You cannot refute this. This is behaviorism. This, is pr this has been proven. This is the way people act. And you can look at any moment in history and see this recurring theme with propaganda over and over again. Thus, it codifies social, political, and moral standards. It's one of the reasons I'm always very anti-morality. If you don't have morality, they can't propagandize you. Guess what? Oh boy, you're immune. But everyone needs prop everyone needs morality, right? Everyone needs it, and so you get taken advantage of. They just play on your heartstrings. It's very simple. 
play some stupid commercial and you'll cry and then they have you. Of course, man needs to establish such standards and categories. The difference is that propaganda gives an overwhelming force to the process. Man can no longer modify his judgments and thought patterns. The force springs, on the one hand, from the character of the media employed, which gives the appearance of objectivity and subjective impulses, and, on the other, from everybody's adherence to the same standards and prejudices. And that's really the genius of it, is that you convince a bunch of people of some nonsense, and then you get them talking to each other. I don't know, let's say, like, in a forum. <laughs> And then you got a bunch of idiots repeating the same nonsense, and they all believe each other. Just like that. Very simple. It's not hard. You don't have to be smart to be a propagandist. It's easy. It's easy. Very simple. Very simple stuff. At the same time, these collective beliefs, which the individual assumes to be his own, these scales of values and stereotypes which play only a small part in the psychological life of a person unaffected by propaganda become big and important. By the process of crystallization, these images begin to occupy a person's entire consciousness and to push out other feelings and judgments. All truly personal activity on the part of the individual is diminished, and man finally is filled with nothing but these prejudices and beliefs around which all else revolves. All else revolves, everything, your family, your career, everything is centered around nonsense now. In his personal life, man will eventually judge everything by such crystallized standards. To return to Stotzel, public opinion with an individual grows as it becomes crystallized, though the effects of propaganda while his private opinion decreases. Private opinion decreases. You're not yourself anymore someone else entirely people say it when they say i i used to know john and he was a great he was great and now i don't know he's talking about fluoride and you know i i don't know what the fuck he's talking about he's creeping me out i can't move over the house he's scaring my kids he's he's telling them not to brush their teeth what's going on that's it Another aspect of crystallization pertains to self-justification for which man has great need. Everyone. Everyone has need for self-justification. Never forget that. You do too. That's why you put uh, videos on YouTube. It's the same reason I do it. The only difference between me and you is I admit it. You'll sit there and you'll say, No, it's not that. Bah, bah. Yes. Everyone. Everyone. As we have seen in the preceding chapter... To the extent that man needs justifications, propaganda provides them. But whereas his ordinary justifications are fragile and may always be open to doubts, those furnished by propaganda are irrefutable and solid. This individual believes them and considers them to be eternal truths. Hence the cross when they were getting ready to storm the capital. Eternal truths. Divine He can throw off all sense of guilt. He loses all feeling for the harm he might do, 
all sense of responsibility other than the responsibility propaganda instills in him. Thus, he becomes perfectly adapted to objective situations, and nothing can create a split within him. Through such a process of intense rationalization, propaganda builds monolithic individuals. It eliminates inner conflicts, tensions, self-criticisms, self-doubt. And in this fashion, it also builds a one-dimensional being without depth or range of possibilities. Listen to that. Doesn't that sound like something you would like? To be? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to have self. I don't want to doubt myself anymore. I don't want to doubt myself. I gotta take a class. I gotta take a class so I don't have doubt. Doubt's terrible. It's negative. I don't like negativity. Oh no. And now they're taking advantage of you. And now they've taken advantage of you. You've been taken. The joke's on you. It's done. The deed is done, folks. You can't fix it. It's over. The game is over. It's already been done. The damage is done. You cannot fix propaganda subsequently. You can prevent it initially. They didn't do it. They wanted to make money. Because you love money, right? And you love people who make money, right? So be honest. What are you really complaining about? This is what you wanted. They took away your doubt. They took away everything for you. They did it for you, right? No, they did it for them. But that's how they, that's what they had these people thinking. They had them thinking that they were, they were in their corner. But really all they were doing was deluding them. Really all they were doing was attacking you. Even if you didn't believe the conspiracy theory, you will be affected. You have been affected. It is your life. They won this battle. And now you have to try to figure out a way to get out of it. Because the entire system has been infected now. The individual believes them and considers them to be eternal truths. He can throw off all sense of guilt. He loses all feeling for the harm he might do. All sense of responsibility other than responsibility or propaganda instills in him. Through such a process of intense rationalization, propaganda builds monolithic individuals. And in this fashion, it also builds a one-dimensional being without depth or range of possibilities. Such an individual will have rationalizations not only for past actions, but for the future as well. He marches forward with full assurance of his righteousness. He is formidable in his equilibrium. All the more so because it is very difficult to break his, hard, his hardness of justifications. Experiments made with Nazi prisoners prove this point. Tensions are always a threat to the individual who tries everything to escape them because of his instinct of self-preservation. Ordinarily, the individual will try to reduce his own tensions in his own way, but in our present society, many of these tensions are produced by the general situation and such tensions are less easily reduced. One might almost say that for collective problems, only collective remedies suffice. Here, propaganda renders spectacular service by making man live in a familiar climate of opinion and by manipulating his symbols, it reduces tensions. Propaganda eliminates one of the causes of tension by driving man straight into such a climate of opinion. This greatly simplifies his life and gives him stability, much security. And if you thought that was bad, it gets a lot worse. At the same time, this crystallization closes his mind to all new ideas. 
the individual now has a set of prejudices and beliefs as well as objective justifications. His entire personality now revolves around those elements. Every new idea will therefore be troublesome to his entire being. He will defend himself against it because it threatens to destroy his certainties. He thus actually comes to hate everything opposed to what propaganda has made him acquire. Propaganda has created in him a system of opinions and tendencies which may not be subjected to criticism. Hence the attack on critical thought. That system leaves no room for ambiguity or mitigation of feelings. The individual has received irrational certainties from propaganda, and precisely because they are irrational, they seem to him part of his personality because he's irrational. He feels personally attacked when these certainties are attacked. There is a feeling here akin to that of something sacred. And this genuine taboo prevents the individual from entertaining any new ideas that might create ambiguity within him. They don't hear you. They don't hear a word you say. You can say whatever you like. Say what you like. Keep saying it. Say it louder. Say it loud. Say it proud. They don't hear it. They're deaf to your cries of reason and science. Completely deaf. No comprende. What do you do when you can't speak the language of someone? Do you keep asking them the same fucking question? I mean, maybe some of you do. Maybe you're in the subway. Please tell me where to go. The guy's sitting there speaking Spanish like, I don't know what this fucking asshole's bothering me for. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Why wouldn't he shut up? Leave me alone. That's how conspiracy theorists think when you come in talking about evolution, fluoride being good for you, whatever it is. I agree. I know. I'm, I, I'm over my propaganda stage. It, it didn't work. It didn't take. They don't know. They're at the beginning. They don't get it. And it, it can take years. It can take years. And sometimes people never, never get over propaganda. Incidentally, this refusal to listen to new ideas usually takes on an ironic aspect. Uh-oh. You know, when the word irony gets used, it's getting pretty... Mm. Here we go. The man who has been successfully subjected to a vigorous propaganda will declare that all new ideas are propaganda. Isn't that nice? So, if a person's been sufficiently propagandized, every time you try to tell them something, every time you say, hey, look, it's my body, guess what? That, pff, that's propaganda. Ain't that beautiful? How you can just turn the tables? To the degree that all his stereotypes, prejudices, and justifications are the fruit of propaganda, man will be ready to consider all other ideas as being propaganda. Just like that. Man will be ready to consider all other ideas as being propaganda and to assert his distrust in propaganda. One can almost postulate that those who call every idea they do not share propaganda... Uh-oh. <laughs> I know... Some people know people like that. Are themselves almost completely products of propaganda. 
Their refusal to examine and question ideas other than their own is characteristic of their condition. One might go further and say that propaganda tends to give a person a religious personality. Praise propaganda. Praise anti-fluoride. Praise anti-vaccines. Praise Jeebus. It's all the same. His psychological life is organized around an irrational, external, and collective tenet that provides a scale of values, rules of behavior, and a principle of social integration. When you attack a person's conspiracy theories, you're attacking their religious ideology. You are attacking God. Imagine going into a Muslim person's home and telling them that Allah does not exist. If you want to, you can like and subscribe right down there. Uh, it's probably not going to show up, but whatever. Um, go ahead and do that. Uh, or you can also check us out on uh, Anchor at uh, More Content, Please. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at More Content, Please. Check us out on TikTok. That's where we do more content chefs. Um, Melissa films that. She does a really great job. Um, and you can also find us at morecontentplease.org. Uh, again, have a wonderful night. Bye.